so grateful to Joe and Jill for welcoming our family into theirs on this incredible journey. And to the woman most responsible for my presence here today, my mother, Shamala Gopalan Harris. So I am thinking about her and about the generations of women, black women, Asian, white, Latina, Native American women. But while I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. Because every little girl watching tonight sees that this is a country of possibilities. Hey, podcast family, welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. My name is Kanji. I'm Tara. And as always, we are so thrilled that you've taken time out of your schedule to have a conversation with us and our guests this week. We would be remiss if we did not start our podcast this week talking about how important the election of Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is to women Men, boys, and girls everywhere. everywhere. Don't you agree, Tara? I do. I absolutely agree. What does Vice President-elect Harris's position and ascension mean to you? Oh, I don't even know if I have words for it. It's so important. I mean, my husband and I, when we were talking about it and they put out the results, you know, we were, you know, paying attention and it took me one second and I go, oh my gosh, I'm like, a woman's been elected to vice president. This is... This is huge. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It, it means a lot to me. You know, we've been watching this for a long time and there's been opportunities and we've seen more and more women in those higher offices. But to get to that level, it's it's pretty incredible. It totally is. And, you know, I'm a black girl from the Bay Area. <laughs> right. And to have someone that looks like me, yeah. that's from where I'm from, it just gave me reason to celebrate. And we talk about how important it is for women to celebrate women, regardless of politics or partisan issues, we need to look at the big picture of what her leadership is going to mean, not only to you and me, Tara, yeah. but to a generation of girls behind us. A hundred percent. You know, when she was elected, the first thing I did is I thought about my nieces who are in their early 20s, who were biracial, mm-hmm. who also live in California, and what her election means to them. But then I thought about our sons, T, you know, and how important this is for them to grow up in a world where they see women who are leaders and women who are in power. Right. It's so special to consider that, you know, I saw the videos and the pictures of little girls watching her speak on TV. And I mean, I can barely talk about it without getting just choked up. It's so so special. Um, But I also think about my son and I think that he's watching her speak too. And that at some point this generation is going to have a place where it's just not even a thing. Like as special it is for me and you, these generations are going to grow up and they're going to be like, well, of course a woman is vice president. Of course a woman is president. Of course it is. I I'm so hopeful for that. And Vice President-elect Harris said in her speech last Saturday night, I may be the first, but I'm not going to be the last. And that was, it, it gave me chills. Yeah. And I shared with you and podcast family, I shared with you all before that Roman was born on January 19th, 2009, mm-hmm. which was the day before President Obama's first inauguration. So when I was sitting in the hospital with him watching the inauguration speech, 
I was crying looking at my son, who was a biracial black child in New York City, knowing that he would never grow up in a country where he didn't think that he couldn't be president of the United States. He would have yeah, that role model. You that's know? possible. Because you, what is the saying? You can never be what you can't see. Right. And so he will have seen that. Representation matters. And now we look at this generation behind us, the millennials, Generation Z, Generation mm-hmm. Alpha, mm-hmm. and they're going to know that women can be the vice president and president. That's right. That's right. It's it, a huge, huge thing. It's just going to be in their DNA. Yeah. And it's going to be what this country is about. And it's taken this far too long to get here. Yeah. But I'm glad that we're here now. Me too. It's very special. Yeah. And I love this time that I get to spend with you each and every week. And we love having new voices in our conversation. Can you believe we are now within the last two months of 2020? I I can't. I was just telling somebody the other day, it. we were talking about something that happened in November 2019. I go and it feels like it was yesterday. Like, like almost like this year just doesn't exist. It's very strange. (laughs) Strange is the word we can use to describe 2020. And with all of the excitement going on this week, I could not be more excited to welcome this guest to our conversation this week, Tara. How exciting is it that we are able to welcome Gretchen Carlson? So excited. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to chat with her and meet her. So for those of you who do not know who Gretchen Carlson is, Tara's going to give you a little background about our amazing guest mom today. Yeah, we just can't wait. Gretchen Carlson is an internationally recognized advocate for women's rights. She's a journalist, she's a best-selling author, and she's a champion for workplace equality. And she's been named one of Time Magazine's 100 most influential people in the world. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And Gretchen is also the only other woman who has been serenaded by my husband. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) That's okay. Let me tell you, I'm totally okay with it because I would serenade this amazing woman. Yeah. But if you listen at the end of the interview, I will make sure and tell you guys exactly how my husband serenaded Gretchen Carlson and he's lived to tell about it. I cannot wait to hear this story. That might be the best part of her resume so far. (laughs) I hope she leaves it off. So we are going to welcome Gretchen Carlson to our conversation and to our podcast family. So Gretchen, welcome to the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for agreeing to join us. It is such a pleasure to meet you, to share space with you, and to hear your voice and your amazing story. Thank you. Gretchen, we're so happy to have you on today. Kanji and I were kind of talking about why we started this podcast. And one of the reasons that we started the podcast is to kind of prove that there's strength in numbers, you know, among mothers and among women. And, you know, we know your story and your success in suing your employer for sexual harassment. And then you took that story and you turned it into an advocacy for all women in all workplaces. Yes. Um, And one of the things you've done recently is your new organization for Lift Our Voices. Yes. And we'd love to hear a little bit about the mission of that organization and how that came to pass. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I mean, first of all, life works in mysterious ways. My my life has worked in really mysterious ways, but I think the constant in my life has been that if there's a challenge in front of me, I I go for it. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that anyone in life um would aspire to become one of the poster children for sexual harassment in the workplace. I know that that wasn't on my resume per se, but you know, it was what life dealt me and I decided to somehow dig incredibly deep to find the courage to come forward, not knowing at all that it would help to ignite a cultural revolution. 
not just at Fox, but everywhere in the world, 15 months before the Me Too movement exploded. And what I learned shortly thereafter was that I wasn't alone. I learned that there were thousands, maybe millions of other women in our country who had gone through something similar and whose voice had never been heard. And I just went back to my Midwestern values and hard work ethic. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. And I just rolled up my sleeves and I started working. So the first thing I did was I wrote my book, Be Fierce, as a tribute to all those women who were voiceless for forever. Mm-hmm. And then I started pounding the, the, the pavement and walking the halls of Congress, trying to pass legislation to take this entire harassment issue out of secrecy. And that just morphed into every day being a surreal experience and something unexpected. And eventually I created Lift Our Voices last December as serving as my umbrella organization for all of the advocacy work that I was doing. So really what we're fighting for is to stop silencing women in the workplace. And there are, there are certain mechanisms like non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, that make it incredibly difficult to solve the harassment issue because everyone's forced into silence. Yeah. And has that been the most challenging part about eradicating laws and, and business practices that create toxic workplaces, do you think, the NDAs? Yeah. Well, that along with something kind of complicated, but it's called an arbitration clause in your employment contract. And that means you can't simply state it. It means you can't go to an open jury process, which is your Seventh Amendment right. And so what companies have been able to do over the last three to four decades since we started talking about sexual harassment in the workplace is that they figured out that these two things, arbitration and NDAs, would be basically a way to hide their dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. So that if they if you go to work for a company and they hand you an employment contract and they, and you see an arbitration clause, you know, you're kind of screwed. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but you are because if you don't sign the contract, somebody else will, unless we're in the movement that we're in now where I'm creating awareness about that. But, but in the past, you know, that was a way that they, they gotcha. Yeah. And, and then NDAs too. And, and listen, the, the intent of NDAs and arbitration was never, ever to silence for human rights violations. It was like to unclog the courts because there were too many cases. Right. Oh, let's send that to arbitration, right? Because it'll be, it's a small business dispute. And NDAs, we're not fighting to get rid of NDAs like for the recipe for the, for the Big Mac. Right. You know? Trade secret. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're talking about toxic workplace situations like gender discrimination and racism and sexual harassment and even assault. You know, basically, the American public thought that everyone had a clean record because yeah. we were not hearing anything about these cases. And the reason we were not hearing anything about these cases is those two silencing mechanisms. Absolutely. And you were such a fierce advocate for pay equity as well. Oh, yes. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Gretchen, but one of the ways that we are able to maintain pay inequity amongst women, particularly women of color and men, is because we don't talk about pay issues in the workplace. I know it, it is so true. And, and even like in Great Britain, they, they disclose what they pay people. And I kind of, I like that. My husband's in the baseball business and everyone knows what baseball players' salaries are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and it helps him in negotiating. I mean, come on, you know, that's, that's valuable information. And imagine if we did that for a gynecologist who's a man and a gynecologist who's a woman. And then we find out the woman's making a hundred grand less than the guy. We're so closed-minded in this country about, oh, shh, we can't talk about our salaries. And consequently, women get paid, and, and especially as you mentioned, women of color get paid way less. And, and it's all intertwined. This is because the more women that you pay fairly and promote and put them in higher positions in companies, guess what doesn't happen? 
sexual harassment. Right. So you see, it's all it's all intertwined. Yeah. I know one of the things that um, specifically Lift Our Voices is doing is pushing for the uh, Ending Forced Arbitration of Sexual Harassment Act. I know, like you mentioned, you've been at Congress sort of pounding the pavement for that Mm. legislation. I also noticed that you guys are doing some advocacy trainings for women. Can you tell us a little bit about that piece of it? Yeah. So, so just to be clear about the bill that that is that is my bill. Um, the most important thing is that it's bipartisan. Mm, incredible. The reason that I wanted it to to be that is because I mean, first of all, this nation needs to come together. Okay. I mean, I know there's been some people out there poo pooing the idea of unity. This nation has to come together. I, I am. I am a huge believer in unity. I hope I can be a unifier on this front and many others. It's just crucial that we find a way to come together and get stuff done. So this is an issue that we can come together on because harassment is apolitical. Somebody doesn't ask you what party you're in before they decide to to abuse you or harass you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why we should all want to work together to solve this. So it was really important to me that my bill was bipartisan because after covering politics for 25, 30 years, I realized that unless it is bipartisan, forget it. Right. It's it's not going anywhere. So that's that's the first thing. And I'm actually really, really hopeful now that moving forward in January, we'll be able to really make inroads and get this thing passed. So, so that's the first thing. As far as, as training, you know, people in, in advocacy, I just want everyone to know that their voice matters, Mm. that a singular voice can make a difference. And one of my favorite quotes, and it happens to be anonymous, and it's sort of been my, my trademark over the last four years is this quote. And it goes like this, one woman can make a difference, but together we rock the world. And we're seeing that play out in, in real life now. You know, I may have been the one woman that, that jumped off the cliff, but look at all the others who, who followed and, and, and it was okay after they did and they did rock the world. And I just want to pass that courage along to, to anyone else who's struggling in anything in their life to know that their voice matters. Yeah. I think one of the best examples of that was when the Google walkout happened several years ago. People forget what that was all about. It was one woman's idea. It turned into an international day of men and women supporting that one woman. And you know what she was protesting? She was protesting payouts to predators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was all about sexual harassment. And the next day, she was also protesting arbitration clauses. The next day, Google took arbitration clauses out of their employment contracts. So it proves, it proves that one woman's voice does matter. And and together, when we collectively decide that we're going to advocate for something, the power is immeasurable. It's just, you know, I just want everyone to know that they have power. And sometimes it's really hard to stand up and, and own it. And it was so hard for me to do that. Yeah. It was so hard. Yeah. And Gretchen, you were the first and you were a trailblazer. The level of confidence that you have had to put yourself in that space, in that place, I can only say as as a woman who has worked in predominantly male industries. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. What can we say to women who may be in positions where they just don't feel at this point empowered or have the courage to stand up in situations where they may feel inequality or they may feel silenced? Yeah. What advice would you give? So, so chapter four in my book, Be Fierce, is really my playbook. In fact, it's called the playbook, my 12 point plan for women who are feeling this way. And I, I encourage them to, to get the book and rip out that chapter and put it in their back pocket because they're going to need it. I'll just give you the, the three top points. Evidence. Evidence is so crucial when you 
are feeling downtrodden and like you have nowhere else to go and you feel like nobody's going to believe you and, and you've got to gather evidence and then make sure you take it home because I heard from so many women who did gather evidence and then they got fired for reporting it. Mm -hmm. And when they went back to their office, of course, they couldn't go back to their office and that evidence that they had in their office, right. they couldn't bring home. Yeah. So make sure you collect evidence and bring it home. The second thing is that it's so important to consult an outside lawyer. Don't go to HR right away. You must consult an, an outside lawyer, and there are organizations now that are offering that for free. Betterbrave.org does this for free. Also, the National Women's Law Center out of Washington, D.C., they will hook you up with a lawyer, even a 10-minute conversation to just let you know whether or not you have a case or, or where you stand. Um, and then number three is tell somebody. Mm. I know it's so hard, but please get the courage to tell one or two people because then you have witnesses. and in this game of he said, she said, which we're still dealing with, it's just so important to have allies and bystanders who can say, yeah, you know, she told me about that two years ago. And here's, here's what she said. That corroboration. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And before we turn a little bit to your personal motherhood journey and your experience raising two teenage kids, wrapping up with Lift Our Voices, can you tell us how we can get involved and what it is we can do to support your nonprofit and what our family, our listeners can do? Thank you so much for asking. So my website for that is liftourvoices.org. I created this with two other former Fox employees who also sued Fox for varying degrees of harassment. And we banded together to create our own power unit um, to say that we're going to change the world for the rest of, of the women who, who maybe don't have the same platform and resources that we do. Um, so right now we're in a major fundraising mode. Um, there's only one of me um, and there's only one of Julie and there's only one of Diana. And and so I speak as loud as I can and as often as I can every single day, but we need to hire people. We need manpower to, to help us really make this mission successful. We've had so many people reach out and say, we'd love to volunteer. And we have a huge list of people, but right now we need funds uh, to be able to hire the people so that we can create not only a national office, but also regional offices. So we're really optimistic about our fundraising so far, even through COVID. So that's going to all become a reality very soon. We will make sure to include links to liftourvoices.org, your book, your Thank you. personal website, and all of the other organizations on our website. And we hope that family, if Gretchen's story has touched your heart, as I know it's touched mine, and I kind of resonate so much with what she's saying, yeah. um, please please support, please support. Um, we've got to get in the habit of supporting each other as women and as mothers. Absolutely. And and as a mother, we hope that you can support me and Tara now. So Tara okay. and I, <laughs> so, so we need your help. Um, Tara and I um, have sons that are on the cusp of adolescence, and you have two kids that are teenagers, right? Yes. So can you just talk to our audience and talk to me and Tara about some of your tips for raising teenagers? Thanks so much for asking about my kids, because really they were paramount in my decision to come forward because I worried about them. I, I worried how it would impact them. I mean, I worried about me too, but I really worried about them. And they were 11 and 13 at the time, and they're now 15 and, and 17. And you know, I really underestimated my own kids and, and the level to which they would be able to handle the situation and grow from it. And it's been so rewarding to see that courage transfer to them. And I have two small examples of how that happened. Uh, shortly after my case, my daughter came home from school and a couple girls had been bullying her at school and she hadn't found the courage inside of her own self to be able to stand up. She came home that one day and she said, mom, I finally did it. And I said, what? And she said, I finally told them off. 
And she said, Mommy, I did it because I saw you do it. Wow. And that was just like a day of so many raw emotions because I realized that maybe I, I had had an impact on my child. No, maybe. Yes. Yeah. No, maybe. A hundred percent. And and she she knows now. She knows now what it feels like to take that stand. And once you do that, by the way, for all your listeners, you're so proud of yourself. And that makes you have the ability to do it again and again. And then my son, which I actually think it's more important. This whole discussion is really about how we raise our sons. Yes. Because it's it's about how do we make them respect women in the workplace? Like they respect their moms and their sisters and their aunts at home. That's that's what we need to teach our sons. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. So when I, I came home one, one time after doing a town hall on CNN about harassment, my son was waiting for me in the kitchen. And he had a look of consternation on his face. And he said, Mommy, he said, is it true what that other woman on TV said with you that once every 73 seconds in our country, a woman is harassed or assaulted? Mommy, is that true? And I said, I'm so sorry to tell you that that is true. Mm. And he looked at me with tears in his eyes and he said, Mom, he said, as a young man, I want to help solve that. That's incredible. And I hugged him so hard because it made me realize in that moment that even if that's all I accomplished with this mm-hmm. for my two children, even if that was it, I've changed their lives and given them an awakening of what the real world is about. And that would be enough. But I know it's been so much more because now they will take that courage and they will take that insight and understanding of respect, and they'll pass it along. And, and so that's, that's my advice specifically to parents out there is we do a great job of raising up our girls and empowering mm-hmm. them. In fact, they outperform boys, you know, all the way through college. Mm-hmm. It's what we don't tell them about what happens to them in the workplace. And it's what we don't educate our boys about early on to make sure that they respect women when they too get into the workplace. Yeah. And before you joined us, Gretchen, Tara and I were having a conversation about how important the election of Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is, but not to our girls, because I think everyone is putting and shining a light on that. But because Tara and I are raising sons, we make sure that we we tell them how important it is for them as young boys to see women in power, to see women as people who can be leaders and know how they, as boys growing to be men, will fit into a future workplace and dynamics that will look different than they do now. Right. I love that. I was in the car with my son when when it was finally announced and I had tears coming down my face. And he, <laughs> he said to me, mom, I know why you're crying. And he gets it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he gets it now. And the other thing I just want to pass along as a parent is I've always made sure that my kids, doctors, and dentists are women. Um, I, I love men too. I love men, but... But I want, I want them to know that, that there are women in these professions, obviously. And I, I don't want them to have that sort of surprise in their eyes when you get on an airplane and you see there's a female pilot, right? Yeah, yeah right. exactly. I, I want, I want them to know that, that these women, you know, so now they, they think all doctors and dentists are women, to be honest with you, um, which is really good. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm preparing them for the world, I hope, in, in the right way. Yeah, you have done an amazing job, Gretchen. And before we let you go, because I mean, I could talk to you all day. I could talk to you all day. But I wanted to to wrap up and we wanted to talk to you about your experience as Miss America. And my question is, do you still play the violin? Oh, my gosh, no. I mean, talk about... <laughs> I know, it's a guilty thing for me. I, as much as I try and make women not feel guilty about anything, 
Um, I, I look at it in my closet every day and I, I know I should go back to it. My father would be so happy if I did. Um, music is still in my heart. My kids are both exceptional pianists and I vicariously get it through them. And I can still see all the notes. I see all the notes of all the symphonies and concertos, but I just can't play them with my fingers anymore. And I think that um, I should just give it a try. I know, but it's uh, it's hard to go back to something that you'll never be as good at as you were when you were 14. Oh, I get that. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that you are as good at, if not better than you were 15 years ago and our paths first cross is sharing your story and talking. And we've missed having you on TV and on the air, but we understand that that's changing and you are coming back yes. to People TV and you actually are about to launch your own podcast. Can you share with us about these new endeavors? Thank you so much. Yes. So I'm a special contributor to the new People Magazine TV show. And I'm so excited about that because People is an iconic brand. And I'm going to be sharing inspirational stories about men and women all across our country. And um, I think people feel comfortable telling me their stories because they know they can trust me and they know what I've been through and that I don't judge at all. And so um, I'm really, really looking forward to, to that. I just shot some of my first few stories and uh, they will be on peopletv.com and also on your local stations across the country. Um, as far as my podcast, yes, it's on quakemedia.com forward slash Gretchen. It's a subscription service. But why I want to do this and dip my toe back into daily news again is because it's 10 minutes, but it's straight down the middle news. I feel like in this hyper-partisan time we live in, all my friends are saying to me, where can I just get the facts? Mm. And I was kind of at a loss as to what to tell them. And so I created this podcast of straight down the middle, eight to 10 headlines of the day where you can trust it implicitly. There's no opinion. And I'm really, really proud of this podcast. And so people can check it out at quakemedia.com. We will definitely check that out because That's absolutely something I'm looking for. <laughs> I said only 10 minutes. We want to hear you talk forever, but we for know sure. that you have to go. I will say that the only person that is more excited than Tara and I to hear your story and to hear your voice is my husband, Joey, who <laughs> 15 years ago serenaded you on national TV when he was still my boyfriend. And people want to know how I didn't kill him after that. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we just wanted to share with our family that Gretchen, when you were on the air with Fox, I think you had had a segment where you said there was no song about your name. Of course. And my husband came home that night and he wrote the song and he serenaded you on air for everyone to see, including my mother and my grandfather. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But when everyone saw how lovely you were, they were like, of course, he's going to serenade her. So, oh. so can I, if you wouldn't just tell us a little bit and say hi to Joey, of course. But um, what having him write a song for you meant to you? Oh, my gosh. It meant the world. Joey, I've missed you so much. You're so talented. And, you know, the thing was, I remember saying that Gretchen, like, nobody had ever written about Gretchen. I mean, it's such kind of a, a hard, you know, like, I always thought it sounded like a, a hardline name. You know, there was never a nickname for Gretchen. <laughs> and my mom used to call me Gretchy. I'm not sure if that counts. But, um Anyway, he just took it upon himself and he made me feel like a queen. And trust me, Joey, you're the only person who's ever written a song about Gretchen, okay? So <laughs> you're, you're going to go in the Guinness Book of World Records for, for the only person who's ever written a song about Gretchen, but it meant the world to me. I still think about it. I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, again, you're so talented. And, and I'm, I'm sorry if I if I made you at all jealous because I did not mean that at all. Um, oh, Gretchen. In, in having your husband write me a song. That's okay. He's been paying for it for 15 years. So oh my gosh. Nice, 
It is nice to have something to hang over his head every single day. He'll never win Aww. an argument ever. First, I'm a lawyer, so he's never going to win. But anytime we get in a fight about anything, I'm like, yeah, but you serenaded Gretchen on national TV. <laughs> <laughs> but Gretchen, you are so fetching. I remember the lyrics, and I'm glad he made you feel like a queen because you are a queen. Thank and you. you are a woman that we all should emulate. And we are so thankful for you for sharing space with us and for sharing your heart and your story. And again, family, if you can, please, let's get involved with liftourvoices.org. And we will have all of that information about that and the other ventures that Gretchen is involved in on our website. Thank you so much, Gretchen, for joining us today. I can't wait to see what you've got coming on People TV. I'm definitely going to check out your podcast. We've enjoyed this so much. It's such a powerful conversation. We appreciate you. Thank you. Anything I can do for all women and uh, and Joey. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure to chat with you. Thanks. I'm so glad I didn't kill her. Uh-huh. When, <laughs> when, when you were jo- jealous when 15 I was, years ago. I was a little jealous, but rightfully so. My gosh. If Joey had not written a song about her, I most definitely would have because Gretchen is someone who has made a difference. She said earlier in the interview, the anonymous quote, that one woman can make a difference, but together we rock the world. Mm. Gretchen is that one woman who made a difference. Very powerful. She spoke up. And my favorite quote is one by the Black womanist feminist Audre Lorde. Mm -hmm. And the quote says, when we speak... We are afraid that our words will not be heard or welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. Mm. So it is better to speak. And with that, I always remember that it's better to speak your truth and live in your truth. And that's what I'm going to take away from this conversation. I think what I am so in awe of is we've heard stories, you know, all our lives of one woman who, you know, fought, maybe she won, maybe she lost, but you hear the story and then it seems like things kind of get quiet again until the next one. And what I am in awe of for Gretchen is that, you know, she brought her case, she won her case, and then she turned around to all the women behind her and said, okay, let's get you guys taken care of. You know what I mean? Like she was like, how do I make this? This is not just about me. And when she told us that quote on, I mean, it just really sticks for me that she looked at the the cases and she said, these are two things that are legitimate policy changes that we can make. And if I make these changes or we make these changes, it benefits all women everywhere. It's mm-hmm. so incredible. And the courage that it took, but also the reality that what she was doing was not just for herself. Right. And the story she shared about how her decisions impacted her son and her daughter. Oh my God. Doesn't that remind us kind of why we do everything we do? It's for yes, our kids. All of it. It's we fight the fights. We get up and go to work when we're tired, when we're sick. We give to our kids and we don't have for ourselves mm-hmm. because we know that this is a world that can be better and we do our part, whatever that looks like. Totally. Yeah. And that's why we get up at five in the morning to work out. That's right. (laughs) Just to make sure we're as healthy and live as long as we can to be around for these babies. That's right. Yeah. And so you've been working out early in the morning with renewed vigor and energy this week. Yes. Yes. This week has totally um, brought me back to some excitement about working out because... Peloton, who I've been a member of since July, thanks pandemic, bringing a Peloton bike into my house, just partnered up with Beyonce. Hello. Hello. 
How fantastic is that? I, so we got the news. The news came weird. So there was this big tease for two of the instructors were doing a ride together, but they wouldn't tell us why. And then they did it and they were like, oh, here it is, guys. It's Beyonce and everybody. I mean, you can't see anybody else. It's just you at your house, but you can feel the world around was screaming in their houses right then. The energy that <laughs> Queen there. Beyonce brings yes. to everything she does. I can't wait to ride again. I and can't ride. wait for you to ride. We're going to have so much fun. I can't, oh my gosh. And the great, you know, they have them on demand, so you can do it whenever you want. I can just ride Beyonce over and over if I want to. Beyonce, Giselle, <laughs> Knowles, Carter, we love you. And you are the mom that we would love to talk to in this conversation and podcast. Queen B. So we are going to end this conversation. We talked about Queen Bee. We talked to Beauty Queen, Miss American 1989, Gretchen Carlson. Yes, ma'am. This has just been a day of queens. So much. Celebrating the queens. And podcast family, we celebrate you because you are a queen. Moms everywhere. Guys, we love having you with us. As always, make sure you're hitting subscribe on Apple and on Google. And then you're following us on Spotify. We've been reading those reviews. Please keep those coming. Hit five stars and tell us how you love the show or what you want to share with us. We're here for you. And if you have a Peloton, go ahead and shoot us your handle and Tara and I will follow you back and maybe we can ride together next week. Yeah. And next week's episode, we are going to share with you all some things that we are thankful for as next week is the last week before Thanksgiving. But as we go into Thanksgiving, let me just end before I forget by saying one of the things that I'm most thankful for this year, Tara, is you. Oh, right back at you. I'm so thankful for you and this friendship we have and this podcast and this family. Yeah, and and family, we are so thankful for you. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for sharing time and thank you for sharing space. And thank you, Gretchen, for making the time to join us today. Be good, be well, guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Take good care. I'm speaking. If you don't mind letting me finish, we can then have a conversation, okay? And podcast family, we celebrate you because you are a queen. Moms everywhere. Yep. We're doing the thank you. Sorry, Joey. I, I dropped it. Sorry. I'm going to do it. No, no, that no. Was not me. She's wrapped it, and I'll do the thank you. It was so clear. That was that my that fault. Tara messed that up. Sorry. Okay, I got and it. He's Hold like, on. who did it? Everybody, shh. Okay. But in the meantime, I thought that went really well. I, I thought you guys did a great job. He and thought uh, we did a great job? He thought I we thought did a great did job. A great job. You went to school on Gretchen yeah. because well, Gretchen because was worried about one thing. There was no song. There There's are, no Gretchen song. I found Gretchen. out from emailers there were a couple, but I've never heard them before. I've never so heard them. So yesterday, one. I know. So Joey did a song for me yesterday combining the no Gretchen songs and spanking. Oh, may, may, may I serenade you, Gretchen? Please. With Fantastic. Caroline, correct? Yes. Gretchen, she likes spanking. Sometimes Brian and her children too. Gretchen, oh, she's fetching. Not like Rover, she's a girl to woo. Living songs about girls named Allison. Sing a sing-along for your attention You're so fetching, ooh, ooh,
Gretchen. Sorry, Steve Ducey and Brian, it's Gretchen. I sing this for you. Oh, oh my God. God. There's not a dry eye in the place. It was emotional. Thank you. Joey wants to say goodbye to you on your way out. Hold on. Then we're going to let you go. Thank you, Gretchen. Thanks. Gretchen, I love you for doing this. Thank you so much. Of course, I'm so glad. I'm getting, I'm digging, I'm digging a very deep. No, 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 no. Go back to your wife and tell her she's fetching. She is very fetching. Thank you so much, Gretchen. Have a great day. Okay. All right. Bye. It was so good. On the podcast, recorded, by the way. That's not good.